Hi, I'm Liam Hooper. And I'm Peterson Toscano. Together, we co-host the Bible Bash podcast. Each month, we look into a different ancient story. We're curious to find insights into our own queer lives. We discuss these and share our findings with you. You can find the Bible Bash podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out at the end of each month. For me personally, one of the real draws that Satanism has is the fact that it is a religion that overtly and explicitly admits that, hey, all this stuff is socially constructed. This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. My name is Stephen Bradford Long, and we are here on the Rock Candy Podcast Network. For more shows like this one, go to rockcandyrecordings.com. All right, well, before we get started, I have to thank my patrons. As usual, we have a whole new crop of patrons who've been coming on board, most of them satanic. Uh, We still have a few progressive Christians still enjoying my work, but it's mostly satanists. So thank you so much, satanists, for supporting my work. I so appreciate it. So I have to thank my latest patrons, Laura, Laura Elliott Mixon, The Lizard King, Amy Sillers, Adriana Herman, David Limka, Eric Moore, and incidentally, Greg Stevens, who I'm talking to today. (laughs) Uh, And if you want to join their number, please go to patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long. And for a dollar a month or five dollars a month, you will get an extra patrons only podcast called The House of Heretics, in in which my assistant Ramakrishna Das and I have long meandering conversations about coffee and uh, fisting and gay sex and the new Joker movie and any any number of things that that's on our minds that morning. It's very not safe for work. All the things that I edit out of my Sacred Tension episodes stay in on the House of Heretics episodes. Uh, Also, you will get access to my weekly meditations on the tarot, and you will get access to me as a creator. You can help give, you can give input about the direction for the show and my blog. Uh, So, Really, if you want to see my work have a long life, then the best way to do that is to support me on Patreon and join that community. Well, with all of that out of the way, I'm delighted to welcome my friend Greg Stevens, a.k.a. Priest Penamu, to the show. Greg, welcome back. It's been eons. It's been ages. Thank you very much for having me back on again. (laughs) So you are the director of ministry at the Satanic Temple, and you are, uh, you know, you've, you've kind of been involved in the operations of the Satanic Temple for a very, very long time. The Satanic Temple is my religious community, and I thought that, to, to start this out, that you could spell out some of the differences between the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan. So we can start there, 
because they often get confused in the media. I see people use the two terms interchangeably. <laughs> um, or they they will talk they'll say, "Oh, you know, when Anton LaVey founded the Satanic Temple." Or, you know, stuff like that. So, what what are the most basic differences between the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple? Well, I this is a conversation, yeah, the, that I feel like has to happens a lot, and it's very understandable because, especially for new people who are just coming in, it's not necessarily clear. I have a I have a close friend who has just very excitedly started getting uh, interested in this, and sometimes just as a matter of a verbal slip, will be like the Satanic Church, and I'm like, well. Hang on. Normally, like a little slip like that wouldn't matter. But in this case, Church of Satan is actually an other organization that's very different. Like if it weren't yes. for that, like, you know, substituting one word for the other, no big deal. You made a, a verbal slip. But in this case, it actually means something very different. Yes. Um, so. So, yeah, it's a it's a conversation that comes up again and again. And I do try to point people to uh, like on the Satanic Temple's main website. There is a link to a, a nice little explainer essay that Lucien has written about key differences, and I do try to point people to that. It even has a, a, a cute little little checklist graphic with like the two different columns of like what statements apply to one versus the other versus both. So, so I feel like the way I'd like to approach it now with you instead of doing the sort of laundry list or the checklist because that's something people can get online yeah and i'll post that and i'll post that in the show notes for sure excellent so so i think that it would be fun i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna approach it by talking a little bit about like a narrative perspective because because this is something that so anton levey founded the church of satan in the 60s, and there were a bunch of elements to it, in, including everything from obviously the rebelliousness aspect, the idea of using fact-based rational scientific knowledge instead of just faith for belief, uh, the idea of having to, of grounding things in pride and sense of the self rather than the automatic assumption that you should bow down to others. There are a lot of different elements to it. Uh, but part of that, part of the part of what was wrapped up in that for LeVay was this the idea that according to LeVay, if we are taking a rational view and a scientific view of morality and the way to approach the world, and it should be grounded in biology and the way things, quote unquote, really work in the real world. And it was this very harsh tooth and claw vision of, of evolution, survival of the fittest. You have to watch out for yourself and we are predators. And this whole sort of view that was, you know, when it was popular in the 60s, it was popular prior to that. It became, um, you know, popular in the late 1800s. And, you know, it's, it's Nietzsche was all about the idea of being the strong lone wolf on the hill and, and all that sort of thing. So this vision of, of claiming 
that a scientific view of how to approach the way we deal with social interaction is this everyone out for themselves view. It's sort of very old. I mean, LeVay didn't invent that, but LeVay definitely included it in Church of Satan philosophy. Now, over time, you know, some time has passed since the 60s. Science has gone on and, you know, accomplished some stuff since the 60s. And, and there's been a lot of work, a lot of research on the evolution of cooperation, the evolution of empathy, mm. the fact that there actually are real scientific biological functions for things like working together and even seeking justice. And that some of these ideas, uh, there's been a lot of research in the evolution of why societies, human societies, function better when people cooperate, when people look out for each other, and, and so on. And so in 2012, when uh, Lucian and Malcolm are formulating the ideas you know, for the Satanic Temple, there really was a, a very deliberate split from that aspect of the, uh, from the, the, uh, that element of uh, the Church of Satan's philosophy, the way I would describe it, and this is not necessarily how I've heard Lucian describe it, although he does, you know, one can go out and read his writings on this aspect of things too. My interpretation, my my understanding of it is that when you, you know that science has evolved to the point where you can't really support this view of everybody needs to, you know, only the strong vibe, everyone needs to be out for themselves and, and caring about other people is weak and is not the way, you know, biology ought to work. When, you, when science has evolved to the point where that is no longer a, you know, rational or scientific perspective, you have to look at LeVay's interpretation of Satanism and you have to sort of make a choice. What do you think is more important? The fact that he said, hey, follow science instead of just, you know, your intuition or what someone tells you, or do you follow the idea that morality should be all about pure self-interest and tooth and claw and survival of the mm. fittest? The Satanic Temple's path was to say yes to science and no to <laughs> that sort of harsh everyone yeah. for themselves individuality. And so, and so took the path towards prioritizing social justice and empathy as things that, from the point of view of the Satanic Temple, are 100% compatible with our current understanding, scientific understanding of how biology works but goes against what LeVay's understanding of how biology works. Yeah, there's been quite a bit of angst over Satanism on the left. So I consider myself kind of left of center, you know, not as left as some of my friends, but definitely very, very far left, um, very far left for American standards, I should say. And there's a lot of, you know angst over Satanism in certain leftist circles because of that past, 
and and you know LeVay's embrace of for lack of a better term social darwinism and how that kind of attracted some more unpleasant figures uh the satanic temple is from my observation just as you know like a layperson just someone off the street who's a member is that it is totally opposed to that and totally opposed to i don't know that that emphasis on power and hierarchy and social hierarchy and the elite and all that kind of bullshit that encourages you know fascism and alt-right bullshit and i see at its core that tst is fundamentally opposed to it so so basically what i hear you saying is that tst took the core insight that LeVay was also building his church on, but allowed it to evolve and allowed it to be more in sync with the sciences and what with what we know to be true about human nature. Whereas I think Church of Satan has kind of uh, become, um, it, I, I feel like it, it became frozen in time. I agree with that. I, I, I feel like there is such a... There is such a strong impulse among the members of the Church of Satan that I have spoken to or, or where I've read their stuff. There's such a strong impulse to go back to the, uh, well, no, this is the original text. This is what LeVay said. The most this fucking is... awful killjoys. Okay, I am a recovering queer trad anglo-catholic and i thought i got the fuck out of that to to get away from that bullshit <laughs> like i thought i got a i thought i got out of catholicism and high and the high church and anglicanism to to get away from people like that and then i, and then I come to satanism like fuck it's here too but you know what have you it's everywhere yeah. it'll be everywhere there will be gatekeepers everywhere i i, I agree with that and and you know, in in principle, I think that if there wants, if there is a cadre of people out there who want to keep interpreting things very strictly according to LeVay's original writing, like that doesn't really appeal to me. But fine, yeah. you do you if you want to, and all that. The the only place where it becomes contentious then is when they are constantly harping on saying that any other group, including the Satanic Temple, are not real Satanists. They've, because... they've said that to me. They've gotten into... I, so they've gone after me on Twitter. And so on one side, I have the... I, I remember one time in particular, on one side, there were the annoying apologists, Christian apologists, crawling out of the woodwork like goddamn rats, trying, you know, trying to fight with me. And then on the other side were the Church of Satan, the, you know, the official Church of Satan account basically saying, you know, who your article demonstrates that you know absolutely nothing about Satanism or Satan. And this has nothing to do with Satanism, which was founded by Anton LaVey in 1966 or whenever and is, you know, represented in his writings. And I'm like, you fucking killjoys. <laughs> like you, you. It, yeah, it's it's an, it's embarrassing to me. It's really, really embarrassing. I, I, I find it weird because for me personally, one of the real draws that Satanism has is the fact that it is a religion that overtly and explicitly admits that, hey, 
all of this stuff is socially constructed. All of this stuff is yes. human creation. There isn't some shining, glowing, ephemeral thing on high that we are trying to discover. We're creating it as social beings through the act of being Satanists and defining that for who we are. And and if that is the case, then being so rigid in this idea that there is no, there is no way that we can admit that this term or this religion or this idea could possibly evolve or have different interpretations to different people just is so weird to me because I always I always thought of that as a symptom of, you know, of supernaturalism, of yeah. the idea that, oh, you can't change it because there's the glowing, floaty thing in the sky that says so. And yeah. Glowing, floaty thing in the sky. So what is the big deal? <laughs> well, and, you know, I was actually just thinking about this earlier today, how I think that every religion is ultimately an individualist religion in that the vision, the, the private conception that any Christian has of God is going to be different from every other God in the heads of every other Christian, right? And so because, because it is a social construct, it's an imaginative social construct that is communal, it is shared, but also it is intensely private and unknowable to others. And what I find so appealing about Satanism is that I think it accepts that reality, it accepts the fact, yeah, it, it accepts the fact that this is a private religion, you know, and, and this was always, <laughs> this is a source of nonstop grief in the Christian world because someone will have, you know, some transcendent mystical experience or whatever during prayer and, and, and you know, sleep deprivation and fasting, and, and they'll come down from the mountain, you know, from the metaphorical mountain and will have a, an experience of God that is funda, or what they call God, that is fundamentally different from the conception of everyone else's God. And, and so this is when you believe that God is actually an objective reality that has objective qualities that are true across the board for everyone, then that just creates like horrific conflict within religious communities. But what I love about Satanism is that you don't have to have that. There's this understanding that the Satan that I contain within myself is private and personal to me and no matter how much we may talk about it and share it there it will you know no matter how similar it might become to your satan it will always be different by a matter of degrees and that's great that's good you know and yeah. so do you think that there's a so for people who are the uninitiated <laughs> you know if you're listening to this particular episode i assume that you've already read a lot of my writing on satanism that you've already heard my interviews my conversations about satanism with jack maturko and greg and shalice blythe and so on but for the uninitiated Modern Satanism is really rooted in a literary tradition that goes back to the reinterpretation of the Miltonian Satan, the Satan of Milton's Paradise Lost, as a positive and heroic figure. So that is the <laughs> that is the Cliff Notes version. But do you think that there is a different story between TST and Church of Satan? Do you think that TST's Satan, as it is told, that that story 
is different from how the Church of Satan tells that story. Does that make sense? Does that question make sense? The question does make sense. It's a really interesting question. I think that there definitely is a different emphasis on on what uh, character traits, yeah. you know, are interpreted out of the myth. And you know, like like any like any mythical figure, there is such a richness of of references of in, in text throughout history, not just obviously Paradise Lost, but other other explicitly fictional texts and then of course ancient uh scriptural things that are that uh, may or may not have been meant to be fiction when they were written who even knows and yeah. you know there's so much to draw from and at all a lot of it's inconsistent with with other parts of it so one can really this is the thing about long-standing mythological figures you know you have a lot to choose from you can pick and choose what character traits are the ones that you're like no these are the important ones and i think that there probably is some some difference in in the in the interpretation between church of satan and the satanic temple i i'm not entirely sure the extent to which you know i can't speak for members of the Church of Satan, and I don't know the extent to which they place importance on the Miltonian kind of view. I, I do know that there are members of the Satanic Temple who are so interested in having a clean-cut separation and that they don't even... I don't want to say uh, they don't want to acknowledge, but because that sounds judgy, but they, uh, rather than thinking of the Satanic Temple and their views as something that has evolved since the Church of Satan, there are a lot of members of the Satanic Temple that just skip right over the Church of Satan, like, no, we are referencing Milton. They just skip right, right over the 1960s, and uh, they're like, you know, yeah. LeVay was interesting and had some things to say and but but that's not a part of what we are interested in including so that's just to be clear when i say that's not a part of what we are interested in including in our narrative that's not me talking but that is some subset of members of the satanic temple that simply are interested in calling this a completely separate branch that doesn't even touch bases with that view. And I don't know, I mean, it's, people can create whatever. It's sort of like trying to trace the evolution of genres of music. Like, who even knows what influenced what at this point, right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's interesting because I think that, in a way, both of those are true. You know, so Ruben Van Luich, which wrote a gargantuan tome, which I'm sh sure you're familiar with, called, the, called Children of Lucifer, and it's awesome. And what he talks about is how LaVey was inspired far more deliberately and consciously by kind of contemporary and very near past for him influences like Aleister Crowley. And, you know, Aleister Crowley is kind of the father of us all, the yeah. do what thou wilt. And he really, I think, created a, a bedrock for, you know, witchcraft and Wicca and Satanism and all all the weirdness for the occult milieu, as, as Joseph Campbell calls it, the occult milieu that we're in. I think a lot of that is really informed by Aleister Crowley. And, you know, of course, he was influenced by Nietzsche and Ayn Rand and all that. Where, uh, and he wasn't really draw. he didn't seem to draw, if I understand Ruben Van Luich 
correctly, it doesn't seem like he drew much from the Romantic tradition, uh, from the Romantic poets. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like he was even very aware of them, or, I mean, I'm sure he was aware of them, but that didn't seem to be, you yeah. know, the locus of his attention, right? And so, instead, he drew from, you know, uh, these other sources. And so I think it's correct that, that a lot of people in TST, myself included, are kind of reaching back further than than uh, Anton LaVey reached, you know, is reaching yeah. back further to Blake and Byron and Percy Shelley yeah. and all that. But also, I, I, I totally get the... I really, really understand the impulse to just, you know, write LeVay out of our history because there is a degree to which he's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, and, and and I'm sorry for interrupting. But yeah, no, wanna, no, no, you're good. I just, I just want to add to that. Not only is he sort of embarrassing in a lot of ways, but the current socio-political and cultural moment that we're in, I know that there's a lot of anxiety about subterfuge and possible behind-the-scenes influences between different groups. And there are a lot of accusations that go around of like, well, are these people being sincere about what they're expressing? And, you know, we can have a whole conversation mm -hmm. about how social media has impacted and the last election has impacted that. Yes. That's like a whole other episode. But, yes, it is. But, <laughs> having said that, I, I can... I can understand for that reason that given that not only was was they kind of a dick but there are a lot of current members of church of satan like if you go uh and listen to the special features in the in the dvd of hail satan which special everyone, features, needs, you can't, everyone needs to watch yeah by, by the way, way. Everyone, everyone. Unintentional, <laughs> unintentional plug. That's all right. Exactly. You, you don't get the special features by doing the streaming thing. So if you get the DVD, one of the special features is an interview that Penny Lane, the director, did with a member of the Church of Satan to give a contrasting viewpoint about Satanism and to basically critique mm. the Satanic Temple. And, uh, like, this guy is very sitting there answering questions very confidently with a sense of confidence. I mean, uh, Penny is asking open-ended questions and letting him talk. Yeah. And he is right there. Like he busts out with statements like if you're oppressed, it's because you choose to be, he busts out with, you know, these statements that are so radically, so obviously uh, wrong and not just uh, wrong, but, but fucking and, dangerous, dangerous. And, yeah. uh, associated with sort of extreme alt-right types of ideologies. And so and so the fact that those people exist as not just, you know, people who identify with the Church of Satan, but like he's doing the interview, he's on the DVD representing Church of Satan, and these are things that he's saying, not just, this isn't a hot mic caught at a dinner table chatting amongst his friends this is him sitting there telling the world proudly this is the viewpoint that i have right so right. it is for that reason too i can understand people tends to be to be like i don't you know you don't even want to acknowledge that there is some sort of common history with that dude's viewpoint i, get I totally, I get, totally it. get it yeah absolutely <laughs> At the same time, I don't know. I just, I'm, I think, I think it would be, it would be nice if we could at least acknowledge 
The levee is a part of satanic history, whether we agree wholly, partially, or don't agree at all. You know, levee is a part of, and had some interesting thoughts for the way that levee recast notions of magic as purely psychological. And no, he wasn't the first one to do that, but he did have an important impact on the framing of 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 magic in this non-supernaturalistic way. There, there was some, there was some stuff in there. I think that. Uh, I'm I'm generally not a fan of the of the need to turn people into either pure idols or pure villains. So I'm okay with yes. having they had some contributions, but generally being a dick who was wrong and having both <laughs> of those things true. And right? have them so. be and and yeah, and for me, Satanism is about rejecting false binaries. And so one of those false binaries is good versus evil, is seeing someone as all good or all bad, completely villainizing them or completely idolizing them. And, you know, one of those core insights that I think is, I don't know, the the reason why I don't think we can't just remove LaVey completely from our kind of satanic heritage is because I think think one of his core insights is non-theistic Satanism. I think that that, you know, maybe that can't be traced to him. I don't think that that is maybe his original idea, but I think he's really maybe the one who popularized the idea of that, that religion as purely symbol is, mm. is positive. And I think that that has pretty much infiltrated most of modern Satanism. You know, I think and I think that we can draw a lot of that from, we can trace a lot of that back to LaVey. And I'm sure, you know, other people said it. I'm sure, you know, that's been an idea that's been, a, that's an idea that's been around forever. You know, the Greeks were talking about shit like that. Um, <laughs> ancient pagans were talking about shit like that. But LaVey, I think, was able to popularize it in a way that has infiltrated all of modern Satanism or most of modern Satanism. I don't know what you think of that, but that, that to me alone is a reason why we can't just completely dismiss him and say, well, you know, we have nothing to do with him. Um, we obviously right. trace a lot of our philosophy back to him. So, um, okay, so apart from the main differences between TST and Church of Satan, what are some of the my, the more like minute expressions of Satanism that you notice within the Satanic community? Big question. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to me. One of the things that I like about the Seven Tenets the Satanic Temple is that they are very open to individual interpretation and they are sort of flexible in that way. Absolutely. So one can be, yeah, one can be a member of the Satanic Temple who says, I align my core uh, ethical and moral beliefs with the seven tenets and choose to interpret it in you know, some people like to ground their own desire to be vegan and say that, that springs from their interpretation of the seven tenets, which mm. is totally valid. But there, totally are plenty valid. Of, and there, but there are plenty of non-vegans who also feel like they live lives consistently with the seven tenets, and I, that's also valid. Mm. People can—that's one, that's one of the reasons why I like to—when I'm—the way the wordsmithing I did just a second ago— I 
I try to be careful about saying that it's not that the veganism for that person is derived from the seven tenets. It's that it is something that is consistent with or can be seen as for that person a natural connection with because I don't, you know, I try to be careful that I'm not giving the implication that if A, then B, right? You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's because it's, it's, like in the example that I use for my own self is I am. I am hugely and enthusiastically all about transhumanism, and I think that that's something I would is... love to pick your brain about later. By the way, yeah. at some point, we need to talk about that. But sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Go on. No, absolutely, and we should we should do that episode. But yes, <laughs> yes, let's. Um, but uh, but like when I think about the idea that one's body is inviolable and subject to one's own will alone, for me, a thing that flows naturally from that and is naturally connected to that is the idea of technological or medical life extension. The idea of being able to die when you choose to die uh, rather than due to the inevitability of old age. Yes. Or, or or even the idea of pure uh, phenotypic freedom that eventually we get through either biology or technology or a combination of the two to the point where one day if we want to if we just uh, change genders or we want to grow purple wings or we want to do whatever the fuck we want with our bodies, we can become that because our technology enables us to take on these different forms. Mm. I am huge a fan of these sorts of ideas in the post-humanist and transhumanist communities and in my mind in my feelings they are very satanic they are right there Absolutely. with the tenets now there are plenty of people who would probably who are probably like what like okay <laughs> but that's not part of something that's important to them and that's fine yeah. well and <laughs> actually right. you know along those lines you know one of my big passions is climate justice and you know combating climate change and to me climate change the the you know the the reality of climate change and living in light of that is an incredibly satanic endeavor for me because you know that plugs for me directly into Milton's Paradise Lost you know where satan was this figure fight you know rising up against incredible impossible odds to overthrow the powers that be and to me that is a very good analog for what we are having to do right now with climate change <laughs> you know where we're having to to rise up against incredible odds and shift our culture and alter the powers that be in such a way that that we can have a better future. And so to me, climate change, you know, that was a passion of mine, you know, no matter what I would be, but it fits, it clicks really well into my Satanism. And that's, it's something that actually that I want to write an article about, because to me, it is our, you know, our, 
uh, fight against climate change is so Miltonian. It is like so satan- rom- romantic Satanism for me because yeah. it, it's all about, you know, fighting against the the powers that be to create a better world. One of the points that seems to be a really big hitch for a lot of people, and you may not want to talk about this at all, but one of the things that seems to be an issue for a lot of people is, you know, I, I, they say, I love Satanism, I love the figure of Satan, but I'm just maybe too open to the idea of the supernatural. To be in the satan, to be in the satanic community or in, in the satanic temple, they point to, I forget which tenet it is. Let me let me pull out my membership card right here. One, two, three, four, five. Tenet five. Um, belief should conform to our best scientific understanding of the world. We should take care never to distort scientific facts. To fit our beliefs. And what's really interesting to me about that, I call myself a methodological materialist, meaning I think that the best way we come to understand the world around us is through material means, through through the sciences. And if it isn't falsifiable, if there's a claim about the material world that isn't falsifiable, then I have no then I have no reason to fucking believe it. I don't I cannot, you know, in principle believe something that that is unfalsi- that that is unfalsifiable or hasn't or is falsifiable and has not been proven you know so i have no reason to believe something that doesn't mean it isn't out there that doesn't mean it won't be discovered at some point but it also is to say that it also isn't to say that it will be discovered and so i have no reason to believe it so i'm withholding belief in the supernatural i'm withholding belief in a higher power that doesn't mean it isn't there. It just means I cannot sign off on it until it has met you know, scientific scrutiny and rational scrutiny. So I don't have a problem with this tenet, but a lot of people do. So, so for someone who is aligned with the principles of TST and is, in fact, trying to live, you know, and is trying to conform their beliefs to their best scientific understanding of the world. What if their scientific understanding of the world is incomplete or wrong? I don't know. I don't know what my question is here, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe you have a thought on this. So all scientific understandings of the world of the world are incomplete and wrong, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's a method. Right, right. Exactly. And so, and so, yes, this is, and we may need to dedicate uh, an entire thing to that. Actually, actually, let me phrase it this way. Okay. Can we, after this is over, schedule another conversation to talk just about this? Because absolutely, there are, there is, there is a lot going on here. And, uh, and I actually have one more mental bookmark of different interpretations of Satanism, our original topic that I want to get. Oh, back yes. To I'm sorry. Yes, absolutely. So, no, it's okay, but I will just tease. I will tease. Yes. The reason why I think of the whole episode is we get into things like the way that allowing supernatural belief uh, can end up leading into conspiracy theory, can lead into pseudoscience, and pseudoscience can actually kill people. Exactly. So on some level... There is that there is that problem that a certain amount of simply allowing for stuff that is truly non 
verifiable, non-scientific belief can have horrific outcomes. Now, does that mean that if someone is fully aligned with TST's values and beliefs but happens to think that crystals have healing powers, should we care or not, is like another side of that question. Yes. And, uh, and it's really complicated. Yes. So let's put it in that. I, I would really love that. Back I would absolutely love that because, okay, I'll just save all my thought. I will say I will save all of my because for that conversation, and we'll move on. Uh, let's do that because, okay, let's, let's do that because I did have one thing that I wanted to make sure that I got in. Yes. To this sort of today's topic uh, about different interpretations or or flavors or whatever of, of Satanism. I am in the process of de developing a show, a new media show that's going to be on the web with a friend of mine who, whose name is also Greg Stevens. We have to come up with some cool title like that plays off of that because if we don't take advantage of the fact that we have the same name, what are we even doing? But <laughs> Agreed, yes. Um, <laughs> he is he is an ex-Baptist minister and but has gotten disillusioned with the church. He was a fiery sort of uh, very left wing uh, minister at a Baptist congregation. And I guess I'll just I'll tease that like, hey, keep an eye out for that. But one of the things that he's interested in in Satanism as he learns more about it from me and then goes off and does his own reading is he also politically is very much a anarchist in the radical progressive like mm -hmm. Uh, anarchy in the sense of communities that take that care for each other but don't have hierarchy sense, right? Not in the burn shit yes. down sense. Although not the, not that it isn't you know needed to burn shit down sometimes, et cetera, et cetera, as he would say. <laughs> as he would say that by the way, don't take that clip out of context, please, everybody. Like that, you know, he's he's a big as a ideological anarchist. He's a big fan of saying like you know I don't mean anarchy in the sense of burning shit down. Although sometimes that might be needed like that's totally his line but anyway that's hilarious um, and, he, and he's interested in sort of alignments between that and satanism between that and the uh what do you call it you know even going back to uh crowley uh, do as thou wilt will be the whole of the love is the whole of the law you know just mm. all of these sort of things that are in the kernels of expression that are that have a lot of correspondence with political energy and i do see out there in the sort of twitter sphere some there are definitely people out there who are gravitating towards interpretations of satanism that i feel are different enough from the satanic temples that they, you know, I, I wouldn't even call it a variation of the Satanic Temple's social justice perspective. I would put it almost in its own category of uh, being interested in social justice, but having a really strong anarchist kind of bent. And I find that yeah. fascinating. I don't think it's a, I, well, I don't want to really, I don't want to, I don't mean it in a dismissive way when I say I don't think it's a big group, but it's certainly something that I have seen and I want to keep an eye on because I find it fascinating. Yeah, I can think of several people in that situation, actually. But also, wasn't uh, Lord Godwin, you know, Mary Shelley's father, 
he was an anarchist and he was actually, you know, he was an anarchist philosopher and he was one of the first articulators of modern Satanism. I really think that I, I'm pretty sure if my reading is correct on this, he was the first one to articulate kind of the, the reversal of the Miltonian Satan as a positive figure. And I and for those of you who are interested, I have that passage quoted in my Why Satan article. And I'm pretty sure that was the very first articulation on paper of the Miltonian Satan as a positive figure. Uh, but he was an anarchist. So it that it kind of finds its roots <laughs> there. Interesting. Now, I didn't know, I don't know, or I didn't know enough him to know that he was an anarchist i should look into that that is fascinating too so unfortunately i think we're at the end of our time this this is flown by and we're going to have to do more of this now that you are a full-time satanist and yep. <laughs> i'm i'm so very very jealous maybe i shouldn't be i'm i'm just yearning for the day that i can do you know content creation and, and do satany stuff all day long, every day. I'm sure it has its downsides too, though. Maybe we can talk about that in another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 also is a whole other episode. But uh, but yeah, no, I, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for having me on, and yeah. I am absolutely looking forward to the next time we talk when specifically we talk about that issue of the boundaries of interpretation of the tenet about following scientific belief and the extent to which it is or is not important or is or is not a problem mm. when people accept uh, supernaturalist uh, or pseudoscientific beliefs. That's that's the whole episode I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Yes, let's definitely do that. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. The music is by The Jelly Rocks and Eleventy Seven. You can find them on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to music. Be sure to go check out our other shows on rockcandyrecordings.com. We have Bible Bash, Bubble and Squeak, and we have so many more on the way. Also, if you're interested in joining our network, I want to hear your pitch for a podcast. If you have a show or you're thinking about starting one, please let me know. Send me an email at my website, and I cannot wait to hear your pitch. The artwork is by Rama Krishna Das, and this show is only possible because of my patrons. To join their number, go to patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long, and you will get extra content each week. This show is written, edited, and produced by me, Stephen Long. And as usual, thanks for listening.
Yeah, we're 